So DNA um, is today's discussion, and it's obviously a very um, it's a tough topic only because you know, the assumption is it doesn't exist mm. prior to, there's no, you're not going to find precedence in a lot of DNA. Mm. But as we're going to see, it's not so simple. There is, there is a few, at least the Gemara brings, or from Shlomo Melech, there's different sources that discuss certain types of blood tests, which probably make no sense scientifically, but, mm-hmm. um, but from those days, and the, qu- the question is, as we know, generally in Halach, there's a, there's a question of, the Torah requires, in order for something to be considered fact, that's a Pasuk in the Torah, in two places at least, you need to have two witnesses. It means any time you're dealing with um, issues of, of what's called issues, let's say erva, to, dis- to establish whether a woman's married, divorced, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's a clear, it's, not, well, it's actually not a clear Pasuk. The Pasuk, the original Pasuk, is going on capital punishment. Mm-hmm. Where it says in order to ascertain something in a Jewish court of law, you always need a proof. Two Adem. Uh, uh, proof. Uh, no, proof is not good, okay. that's what I'm saying. So in, Jewish, in a Jewish court of law, circumstantial evidence is never, mm-hmm. never works. Um, we don't, you know, like the, the Kamara and Sanhedrin actually discusses the classical case, you know, in the movie scene where, uh, you know, the guy's chasing someone with a gun and, you know, then a panel truck mm-hmm. drives by and, and you see him holding a smoking gun. Yeah, really. The guy's dead on the floor. That's not accepted. So let's say like OJ in the, in the, in Halacha is 100% he's, he's acquitted. He's not, uh, there's no, there's no, if you don't have Shnai Maidam, it's nothing. The Gemara says the same applies to each. The Gemara says we learn that um, from from capital crime and also Mamanis, also from all tort law, the same applies. You have to have, it's only established with Shnai Maidam. Anytime you want to take money out of someone, you're trying to remove money from someone, you need Shnai Maidam. That's, that's clear, it's a biblical law, it's not even a question. It's the rest. Right? Um, and from there, the Gemara still learns. Um, Makes a zereshava to all in yani ishus also. Mm-hmm. It means for anything establishing marriage, paternity. Uh, well, assumption is paternity also. You need shnei maidim. So the problem becomes. So now what happens when we have these new scientific tests that seem to? They say it's one in ten billion, whatever. I don't know, hundred billion chances that uh, that this is the person. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? How do you apply it in all these cases? So I put down various examples. I put down mamzeris, which is the most important case in the, in the large sense, which is paternity. Today, you know, you drive on the 610, you see all these signs, you know, who's, for $15 you can figure out who's, who's your daddy, whether, you, right, is the mailman or the bus driver, whoever it was, right? So it's easy today, I mean, it's nothing. It's, it's like a matter of, to the norm today. DNA testing is you could do a home test. I don't know how accurate they are, but, right, you can, uh, you can buy a Walmart a home test, um, like for COVID. So, so that's obviously a very important question. First of all, as we know, mamzeris has a very large ramifications in halach. Um, if a child is mamzer, technically it's proven, meaning so if a married woman takes, or not a married woman, if the child takes a DNA test and it proves that someone else is the father besides who she's married to, then the right time frame, that could have massive halachic ramifications. Um, and, and, it's, and as we're going to see, we generally try not, is that the mamzeris in general, sort of a don't ask, don't tell policy. We don't want to make people mamzerim because it's a very, 
there's so many ramifications. A mamzer can't marry another, another person, another, another mamzer, except another mamzer. Right, so it's, it's major problems once again, especially today, where you know we live in a society where you know there are a lot of moral issues, mm-hmm. and not only that, also you have problems with. Um, Marriages, parents who don't get divorced, those who don't halachically get married, but they don't have halachic get. Second marriage. Right, second marriage. Mm -hmm. So that causes major problems, especially conservative. They do uh, get through a reform, which they do today, or conservative, which most cases is not kosher. We, can, we consider halachically, we don't consider kosher because they don't have valid witnesses, they do it by facts. I mean, I know I deal in Gittin here in Houston, and there's a lot, of, even most conservative reform actually send to the Orthodox best because they know that what they're doing, when you're dealing with such a serious issue, you have to, you know, be careful because they, even they realize it. But it's, it's slowing down, meaning they, they used to send everyone, there was a rabbi used to come from Memphis to the Gittin, they used to send everyone to us. And now they, there's, they have, you know, they do it by fax now, they have a Besden in Massachusetts, so it becomes problematic if those get in our Lach Kliveil and then she gets remarried. So that's why, by the way, Roger Feinstein has a fascinating tshuva. He says that you, if you're marrying someone who's not from, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be Masada Kedushin for an Orthodox rabbi, someone who's not religious, because it's better that the marriage is not valid, because there's such a large chance uh-huh. today, especially with all the divorces, that they can end up in a second marriage. So it's better if the, if the first marriage wasn't valid, so that's better, because then they're never really married, so there's no, there's less chance of mamzeris in the second marriage. So they were not married, even though there's, you know, yeah. the union so, that they were some, together. There are some she, uh, opinions in the Rishon that say maybe just that, it, you know, consummating marriage could make it, but you need, mm-hmm. technically you need a, um, we ask in order for a marriage to be kosher, a pialacha needs to have to aid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why by Kedushin, they call up, they always, by every chasen, they call up right, aid. Yeah. So if you don't have two kosher aid and two kosher witnesses, um, which many, in most of those cases, you're not, if it's done in a conservative place, if mm-hmm. they're not Shabbat Shabbat, so not kosher. So then it's not a valid marriage. According to Moshe, he says, don't, don't be involved in non-from marriages because mm-hmm. you're actually causing more problems. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting topic, not for today, but, but that's the point. So, so the first question is, can a DNA test, obviously scientifically, we view it as proof. The question is, how does Allah view this question of, uh, of uh, DNA test proving um, paternity, uh, paternity, I guess, is what you'd call it here. So it's relevant. The main issue is Mamzeris. Of course, there's custody battles. There's also, there's questions of switching babies. There's stories of babies switched in hospitals, child support issues. Um, then you have inheritance issues, right? So there's, there's so many factors that are involved be involved in this test. Second, so that, that is a much tougher question, as we're going to see, and the post can have a lot more problem with the Mamzeris issue. Second one is, is much easier. It's a question of identifying remains. Um, it's also not so simple, as we're going to see, but obviously in Israeli wars you have soldiers who, and this came to f- the forefront mainly in the, in the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. When, the, when you had the World Trade Center bombing, uh, bombing, no, that was, that was mm-hmm. and the, the second one, the, the planes um, hitting the towers. So it was an issue of, there was, as you know, there was no, there was no remains. There was no full bodies. They, caught, they found bone fragments, um, um, very little pieces. Um, and the only way to identify it was with um, DNA. DNA. I actually went, I attended a conference. Literally when, I, when it happened, I just moved to Houston when the planes hit the Twin Towers, 2001. I moved there in 98. Um, but I went into a medical conference, a halachic medical conference in New York, like a year later, 
with the Dayanim, there was, there was the RCA set up a bed to deal with all the Guna so questions. Wow. The people, there were many people lost oh, their head. So they had the, the three Dayanim were there, Rabbi Willig, Rabbi Reese, I don't remember what the third one was, and they had the, the New York coroner's office was there, and they explained how the whole process works. It's fascinating. Basically, every, every surviving family, every family of, uh, no, not surviving family, every victim family of a victim had to bring in to the coroner's office a toothbrush and a hairbrush from the, mm. from the relative who was lost in the town. Mm. And they begged everyone, and then for years, uh, for years, there's an article in 2000, they're still finding remains now. Mm. They're sifting, there's, uh, they have still tons of debris that they haven't sifted through. And this is from 2017, New York Times article, they're still finding um, remain, you know, bone fragments yeah. that they could match because they're people that, yeah. you know, never found. Only 2,000 found, I think 3,000 were missing. So there's thousands of people who found, they found nothing. Right? So, I mean, it's a, it's a, mm -hmm. you finished, Sus? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you need to bury those remains. Uh, it depends on the size. Yeah, of course you always. Well, well, no. The thing first thing is to identify. Right. But the main thing is, is there was many cases of from couples or even not from the. They, they had a big problem. What do you do? They spoke to their. Uh, actually, there was a case we were involved in Houston when I was in Houston. So the, there was a guy who worked, I think, on the 98th floor, for a. Uh, a trader, a future, a trading, uh, no stock trader, and his last phone call was to actually to Enron here in Houston. Um, it was right before Enron went bankrupt, and they had the recordings. Enron here, they had the recordings of the phone conversation. It's a guy named Furman. So the Besden actually called us to call the call that we can we obtain the recordings from Enron who's living in Houston. It was before you could send digital, I guess. I don't know. And they. Um, they, we got the whole recording. It turns out, actually, that there was a guy, you know, there was a, someone told me this recently, a story here, on this end, that they actually changed the timestamp because Enron realized that it will help. There was a, f a Jewish guy working in Enron who wasn't religious, but he realized it will help the wife, and they changed the timestamps on the, because the whole thing was, they needed to prove that he was in the building, yeah. that he couldn't make it out before the planes hit. Mm -hmm. So this phone call took place, let's say, I, let's say I, mean, I don't remember which plane it was, but let's say the second plane hit at 9.02, this phone call was at 10 to 9, mm -hmm. 5 to 9. That was his last phone yeah, call. So it was not enough time to get out of the office mm -hmm. and get out of, mm -hmm. take the elevators down and go out of the building. Mm -hmm. It was basically it was in the window that he couldn't have made it out. Mm -hmm. And that would prove that he, was, that, he, that, he, that he was in the building at the time it hit. Um, so, uh, so I'm saying, so it's, it's uh, we were involved in this case, and how are you, how are you, how are you? We just started. We just started. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Don't no worry, we just, we just, I'm doing fillers until we start. Okay. Filling, uh, telling you a good story. So. No, when I was mentioning about the semen of, um, I know that Torah mentioned that when uh, the father wants to prove virginity on the daughter, apparently they look for semen, right? No, what do you mean? No. Simon Yeah, the intent? Should be. Is it? I have no idea. The that she was a virgin before, something like that. The, the term mentioned something like that. No, it's different, but it has right. nothing to do right. with this. It's it just a factual. So I thought that the DNA will work as a semen or in a, in a way. No, so we're going to get to that. The, okay. How DNA, if it's valid in place of ADIS, that's the question. Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, so this guy, there was one story that we were involved in. He happened to be in Houston, weren't really involved. He just asked us to get a hold of the tapes. I, at the end, they got them. 
it was an interesting story. But, but the bottom line is, so identifying human remains is a major issue. Mm-hmm. Um, only because, um, mostly for good. Listen, just to bury someone, that's not an issue. You know, mm-hmm. the question of, let's say, matching up. Let's say you have a terrorist attack in Israel, you have different body parts, and you want to know what to bury mm-hmm. in the same With grave. What? So that, that, that's not an issue. In you know, case you bury the wrong one, it's not the, not the end of the world. It's not, obviously not a fun thing for the family. Mm-hmm. The assumption is what I'm saying, but it, that's not a, a real halachic issue. Here, you're going to be matter and ish ish. When the Torah says, The Torah says you're required to have two aid um, to permit this woman to remain. That's the, that's the clearest case. Okay, as cool as we do have many leniencies of the guna, mm-hmm. that means even we, we do allow one aid for Naguna, if someone says, if Eid Echad comes, and it's a big question how, because the rice he really need to, but there are leniencies, it's such an important thing, yeah. to not allow a woman stuck stuck in this Naguna situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but at the end of the day, um, the, so, so therefore the question becomes, again, does DNA, is that enough for a valid Eidus? And it's one Eid. Well, is it, why? Is yeah. it even in one Eid? It's yeah. not an Eid, it's a scientific test. Right. Right. So, what else? Um, I think we here. Okay, so the next, the next issue is um, the Cohen gene is a famous thing that they suppose at some point in, in this was in the 80s, I think, they discovered a genetic marker for Cohen. They claimed in Israel they discovered a genetic marker for Cohen. Have you heard about it? Okay. It's a book written on this. Uh-huh. And, um, Coming only from the father. The, um, yeah, well, right, it has to be, uh, I guess, mitochondria. mitochondrial yeah. DNA. Yeah. 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 So we'll talk about that also. By the way, now they claim, I didn't put that down here. Oh, it is. Right, so no, there's a gene they claim that was a proof that was called. It was later they found the same genetic marker on tribes in Africa, actually. Certain tribe in Africa, maybe they were Jewish, I don't know, maybe they were caught. <laughs> they were, um, so it, they, they didn't, it was, I don't think, halakhically. <laughs> At the end of the day, that everyone was from Africa anyway. Could be. What I'm saying is, it's sort of, uh, in a certain sense, this genetic marker was this proven as specifically limited to cotton. But that's a different question. Again, even if it was, let's say it's a genetic marker that's limited to cotton. Does that mean that, uh, uh, does that mean I'm a kaina, a kedochen, right? Does that make me, again, is it a valid test? Um, and the, 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 what's relevant to doctors, even if you're, is because of your kaina, you're a big child and going to medical school, whatever, how that works. Um, actually, I just had a, I'm saying that someone just called me from Israel, a girl from Houston who's in medical school in Israel now, who had the child. She's not a con, but um, one second, no, she, her father is, but I don't know if that's, I don't know how that works. She was just asking general, how could the, can she assume the medical school is telling her that they're non-Jewish cadavers, mm-hmm. she have to be worried about that. But, okay. but anyway, so that's a different, that, but that gene, I think, was uh, knocked yeah. out of the water anyway. No one, but there was recently, there was a newer case, um, it was of uh, mitochondrial DNA that yeah. it was uh, this Russian physicist fa- who moved to Australia and he, he claims he found, and this is relevant to what you're saying, that all um, Jews come from three women and their genetic markers. In theory. <laughs> yes, whatever that means. I don't understand it. Uh, Ignoring so, like 
many, many Gerim. Like, yeah, okay, no, I'm saying it's... The main, so, the original. But the, the, the born, you know, yeah, I'm saying it's Sumi. But I'm saying most, uh, or, yeah, by the way, there's only, I think, for Ashkenazi Jews have Why would the, the, the three women that they all have, everyone has this genetic mark. And he wanted, as a big, as you know, in Israel is a big uh, debate about Russians that come here. Because really, Israel let you make Aliyah and become a citizen even if you're only one quarter Jewish. They say if the Nazis accept that, but that's the law in Israel. So the law of return applies to anyone who's one quarter Jewish. So the problem is there's a lot of Russian non Jews coming in. And how does that work? So, so this guy came up, he, he, they did it like supposedly 20,000 women. They did this, they found a genetic marker that supposedly matches everyone. It's question is, can that prove Yahad? It's not, you can't prove someone's not Jewish, because like you're saying, there's Gerim, there's many other, it could be Sephardi, there's other ways to be Jewish besides this genetic marker. But does it prove, can you use that as a proof to someone's Jewish or not? Um, that's the, that, that was the question. Okay, and the, and the last thing was, is the issue of, uh, of capital punishment, obviously, where today, by the way, this, it's based in Houston, I don't know if you've heard of the Innocence Project. Um, there's, a, there's a guy here in Houston, of course, the Jewish guy, all these, all these uh, the liberal projects on Jews, but this guy does amazing work. I, I once spoke with him, his name is, is um, Stuart Dow. Actually, his brother is the principal in, in uh, the head of school in, in Emory Wiener. You know, Stuart Dow is a brother. I forgot his name. I'm trying to remember his name. Names. But he has. He started. A, he's a law professor in U of H, and he started at something called the Innocence Project, where they go back 20, 30 years, and they, because DNA, DNA testing didn't exist in the legal system, and now they, and they exonerate people on death row. They literally took uh, over 20, 25 people already off death row across the country. People who were convicted of murder, and. They now have DNA proof that they were wrongly convicted. And this guy is, uh, is amazing work. Uh, he's very left-wing, obviously, and we debated this question. But this is very, you know, does that prove anything? Can DNA disprove a proof? I mean, because against Aiden, the Torah says, "Abishnai made me up Again, it's a question of Aiden is what decides in the Torah. So how do you have when you have other seemingly uh, scientific proofs that are not Aiden? How do we do that? How do we deal with it? Okay, so it's a general question of scientific, scientific proof. Can, can it be a valid ADIS, like we're saying, which you required or not? So, um, so we'll start with two Gemaras. The, fir the first thing is, so already this came up, by the way, in the 50s. We'll see from the Gemaras, but the, the question came up in the 50s because there was blood tests, regular blood tests, before DNA testing. There was a question of you can prove paternity, AB, the blood type, right? So at that point in the 50s already, many, uh, many, there was true, many truvas written, like five or six truvas were about yourself. They were going back and forth, and most of them said you can't rely on the blood test. Meaning the question would be, let's say, I don't know, someone help me out here, but if the mother's, if the father's, AB, you can't have a child, AB. You could disprove paternity, but you can't prove paternity with a blood test. Okay. It's like a AB group blood test. Right, so you could prove that this is not the child. They can't have this type of blood, right? Right, so I think if the kid's AB and parents are A and B. A and A, and he has AB, no way. It's not possible, it's their child. Okay. Yeah, so, so, um, so, right, so, so, so this, many, many true was written on this, and most of the post at the time said it's, it's no good. You can't rely on it. Now, what was their proof? What was their name? It's from this Gemara in the bottom. Gemara Nida, which is a very strange Gemara. 
um, Gemara, not strange, I mean, but it's just meaning scientifically, I don't think this Gemara really holds out, as we can see. So it says, Tanarbanan, Shleisha Shutafin Yesh it's a famous Gemara. There are three, um, three partners in creating creation, creating human being. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Avivi Imoi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Avivi So, so uh, you have Hashem and you have the father and mother. Aviv, so now it tells you what each partner uh, contributes to the production of the child. So it says, Aviv, sorry, he gives the white, whatever comes from the white, which is, he says, the bones, the gidim is the sinews, the sipernayim, the nails, the mayach, the brain matter, shabarash. Um, the leivin, Shabayan and the white of the eye. Right. So anything white in the body <laughs> comes from the, comes from the father's side. Shemenu er baser. Sorry, imai. So in the second line it says the mother mazras oidim. She gives forth assumptions from the uterine blood, which is what what produces the child. Mazras oidim. Aidem shemenu ar ubasar, which is the skin and the flesh. Sarais um, the hair. I don't know how that comes. Why that? Consider, I guess, black and red. It's the same. The shachar shabayin, the black of the eye. My kolish baruch nice by ruach neshama, and Hashem gives the life force, which is the ruach neshama, clasped upon him, and the facial features, miyasayin, shmiyasayin, the ability to see and to hear. That all comes from Hashem. Okay. Um, the deeper pen, the ability to speak. These are the, all the human what differentiates us from the animals. So a very interesting Gemara, a nice Agatha, but they say, so the Vilma Goyen, by the way, adds to the list of the red of the mother. He has a gear, so he puts in dam, also blood. He says the blood also comes from the mother. So, so these Paiske wanted to say, Gemara says that the blood comes from the mother. So how could you tell me it proves paternity of who the father is? If the Gemara is saying it's the blood, all the aspects of blood come from the mother. That was it. So are they coming from like a science point of view? They were saying like the yeah. Gemara disagrees with the science. So, uh, so the science question. is wrong? It's a good question. Is that what they were saying? Can I put it out in the line here? So one second. So in class upon him, isn't it with that's in terror that he had the moose of his father? Who had? Yeah, the, the, ah, the, oh, oh, that's so a good point. That's 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 a good point. Basha Weiss addressed what you just said. I don't remember what he says exactly, but he says something like, he, he says that Hashem gave a bracha that usually usually the kid will look like the father. Okay. You know, have the features of the father and mother because he <laughs> want to make sure. Good not the mailman. So usually yeah. the kid will... He, so that was a bracha that Hashem did. That he, uh, he printed out a line. So, that, so that's it's an interesting question. Some very clearly were what I printed out. It's in here. I printed it this morning. So, interestingly enough, I found I have this. Uh, there's a big medical assistant here who lived in Houston, worked in Baylor. His name is Baruch Brody. So, when he made Aliyah a few years ago, he retired. So, he left me all. This is a, this is a medical journal, like it's a quarterly medical journal in Israel, a medical journal. So, this is the one from 1950. It has a whole thing on these blood tests. It has all the truths. I didn't go through them. But, um, so, they quote here two lines. The first one, this is my rough translation, it says, 
we should not, based on this question of the blood test, it says we should not reach decisions regarding the laws of our Torah and its commands based on the scholars of science and medicine. Because we trust their words, there is no Torah from heaven, God forbid. We do not rely upon science and medicine, we instead rely on our sages, even if they say their right is left. So we're going to get, we'll give a share on that at a later point. But you know, that's a big question. When Chazal discussed medicine, was it, was it, was it, no, was it the medicine of their times? They only, Chazal, or is it Torah? How do we consider, let's say, throughout the Gemara? The Gemara discusses medicine. Do we consider it Torah? It's like any, all the other Torah in the Gemara, and therefore we have to accept it no matter what. Or do we consider it, they went with the signs of their times, which is uh, many sheets to say that. Right, but they only had the signs of their time. Right. So true, right, but again, but there are certain, like, you, you find the Gemara, you know, well, let's say, like, uh, certain things are dangerous to eat together, like meat and milk. Uh, sorry, not meat and milk. Milk and, uh, and fish, right? Which today, scientifically, is, you know, we don't believe in that. I mean, it doesn't really exist. So did they really know what they were talking about, or was it just in those days? That's what they heard, that's what they read on, on their uh, their Google of the day. Journals. Oh, what? My first question is why would they talk about something they don't know? Like, just leave it out. If no, you have because no again, idea. you have to go with the medicine test, just like today, COVID testing. No, I'm saying like this got it. So, how do we know? How does a rabbi know today how to pass things? Should you take COVID? Should you take a vaccine? What about this? What about like why are you saying this stuff if you have no idea what you're talking about? Why are you making up? This, that's what they said. This sounds like this is not really medicine. This is just. Right, so I'm saying, so why would they talk about something that just sounds no. So the assumption is that they, they yeah, unless they, they, got, some unless they got it, unless they got it from some oh, sort of yeah. something. That's what it's saying. Then why yeah. would they talk right. about okay, it? Okay, so I'm not going to get them to read you these this much like it's interesting. I just found these two quotes here. It says, for they do not rely upon science and medicine. We instead rely on the sages. Even if they say the right is left, for they have received the truth and the interpretations of the law. One person from the next back to Marsha Ben. That's what you're right. The, the Peskim at that time was saying this is consider Allah Majibina. Doesn't mean we understand it. And it doesn't have to fit scientifically because and, and they, by the way they go on to say here that science as we know changes. You can look at COVID. So, Last so year they say one thing and now he's saying actually he's like it's not that blood comes from father and mother. Actually no, blood comes from mother. No, wait, 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 I'll get to in a second. What could have changed over no, time? No, no, wait, I'll explain. So now I was gonna read you. So this is a letter of Hertz after all these sucking came out of Hertz who was the, the chief rabbi at the time in the 50s he was the chief rabbi in Israel um, his son is currently the president of Israel it's his son I never heard the chief chief so he's the current president so this is he wrote a letter and he uh, just underlined here he writes like this because this language but he's not religious at all he's not religious at all the song <laughs> oh I don't he's not religious at all no? I think he's, he's he calls himself religious is he? did I eat in his house I don't know okay okay I don't know. Uh, so he says like this. He says um, he says in this letter. This letter is dated um, 19, I think 1951. Yeah, uh, 19, 1954. This letter was written in 1954. So by Herzog, I believe he's the chief rabbi at the time. So he writes, Chavel. He brings the whole. All, he says, "What well, you're telling me all these places what they're saying." He says, That science is going ahead and capturing the world and doing amazing things. Oilamas capturing worlds. And the Gallus Sardis is revealing these amazing uh, scientific facts which we never knew about, the secrets of the world. Um, even though sometimes they make a mistake. Scientists could make a mistake. It's possible. Yeah, in fact, you can. 
side is good. But she is so Anu Bekesher, he says, Anu, meaning us, the religious Jewry, the the the, the, the Paiskim, Bekesher, Yoni Mada, and Hanugay Mutaras HaKadosh, relevant to the science that's relevant to our Torah, to our Holy Torah, Mishkoim Roshenu Bechel, we stick our head in the sand, Ka'if Ha'idua, as the known bird, I'm assuming he's referring to the ostrich, I don't know which bird sticks his head in the sand. Oh, the ostrich, you know, when it's afraid. Okay, so he doesn't say which bird, he says, uh, we stick our heads in the sand, and that's it. He says, He says, It was up to me. We put in every yeshiva, the, the greatest, uh, from, we pick out the best bathroom uh, in yeshiva, and shemad, and teach them, and, you know, put in scientists, and teach them the science, in all areas of science, and then we won't have to come out to the scientists. They should be, the Tamid HaChacham should be learning science that we, in, in, on that level, that we wouldn't have to come out and rely on scientists. Um, like also engineering, electricity, everything that's relevant because those are the big shilas also in the 50s about using electricity on Shabbos, so, um, so, so, so obviously, was, listen, he was, I wouldn't call him from the Haredi camp, he was the chief rabbi of Israel, but um, most of the, there was at least five poskim that they bring down here, Vlad Yosef and, and um, others. Um, many Sfari Poskim who said that the blood test is not acceptable. Vadi has a long truth about it that you can't accept the blood test as a proof of paternity, okay, or proof of this, or disproof of paternity, okay. So that's so again, generally speaking, by the way. So to just in defense of the Poskim, they're not necessarily saying the science is wrong in this case. What they're saying is, like he's saying, listen, we have a Gemara. The Gemara says. The blood is limited to, the blood comes from the mother. So, listen, we understand it. We're not saying the science is wrong, but when it comes to halacha, if we have a source in the Gemara, we have to use that source, even though science, science might be saying something different. That's what, and that's what I think they're saying. What? Yeah, so listen, if we don't, no, it's meaning if we wouldn't have this Gemara, I think they would have accepted the test. Because if we wouldn't have this Gemara, they're not saying we won't accept science. They're not saying we don't accept science. What they're saying is, listen, we have a Gemara, so we have to go with the Gemara. That's what those questions are. In terms of posking halacha things, we're going with halacha. We're not going, it's not a scientific question. The issue of paternity is not a scientific issue in terms of this. In terms of like, is the kid a mobster? Is the, do we accept like halachic things about the kid? It's like, it's a halachic question. It's not a science question. We're not asking about like medical issues. If we're asking medical issues, we go with science. If we're asking halacha issues, we go with whatever the Gemara is. Yeah, well, we're only asking medical issues when it's relevant to halacha. When they converge, that the Right, that's where you always, that's where if it's, we're talking about a, a, a halachic issue, then we'll go with whatever the Gemara says. Like if, but if there's nothing on the Gemara, we may use science. Yeah. But if science is yeah, contradicting what, what he's saying, something says. else. Yeah, that's what. what but he's, yeah, I think what he's saying, uh, I'm saying you correctly. He's saying, meaning if it's halachic issue, when we have a halachic source, we have to go with sure. halachic. Yeah, yeah. Even though it would seemingly, in this case, maybe contradict. Yeah, it is, because, but it's Sorry. not a medical issue. The idea of Mavzeris is not a medical issue. Yeah. It's not uh, a medical uh, So you're saying, but if it was a medical issue, even if we have a contradiction, yeah. Yeah, we might go with the medical. Okay, yeah. could be. Maybe we'll get that's a different show. Again, I'm after today. We're still making effort to resolve. Try that. Yeah, 
And listen, again, you need to know the signs. First of all, for men, much halacha, listen, if you want to pass it, if you can turn on a ladder on Shabbos, you need to know the engineering aspects of how lights work. If you don't, you can't pass it. Right? A, a, a rabbi can't pass an halacha whether you could turn on electricity on Shabbos unless he understands the signs. Shabbos Amrobach has a whole treatise when he was 22. He studied electricity for years. He studied it just to be able to, to explain, you know, the halachic aspects of electricity. So, there's no question it's uh, you have to for rabbi to pass him they have to know the facts but the issue is when you have like he's saying you have a gemara that says that seems to contradict so then what do you do in that case but that's that's so that's will maybe yes or yeah or it could be just the other thing i saw maybe explain it like this is that we're saying Chazal had, like he's saying, some previous knowledge. They had some knowledge that in areas when it comes to, like you're saying, when it comes to learning issues, this is what this is this is what we're going to use. We're not saying, you know, is it possible that uh, there's a scientific test that contradicts? Yes, but when it comes to Allah, we have to use um, this is what the Gemara is giving us as the guidelines. Right, yes, yes. Well, what the problem is that so I mean, many things are not so it may not technically like contradict and like it could be that there are some markers that are there that we haven't seen yet and we haven't discovered how this may be true right. in some sense yeah, but this is obviously not true like, this is like obviously not true well it's not the bones, no, don't, it's, the bones don't come from the well it's simplicity it's simplicity it's simplic- <laughs> the simplicity in, in which it's stated doesn't sound correct but if, I, if there was a possibility that I showed you that there was some linkage between a Y and some micro markers that existed that may be there which we haven't seen yet so it's not technically it's just it's simplicity sounds ridiculous yeah, but, but in, in Hadrashi, like this is like right. very obviously like not really like you could apologetic yeah, scientifically like, speaking yeah, yeah, scientifically speaking yeah, scientifically. Is, is this really we're not, we're not looking at Mission Burr we're looking at is this no, so it, it wasn't relevant to any talk thing, so, yeah, except in this case. This is where it came relevant to talk thing, so it's not in the Shulchan Aruch. So. Yes, yeah, okay, but I'm saying, so they're applying it, but that's what Paskin today will do. No, I'm saying they're, they, they have to find the precedent. The Paskin Alacha, they're always going to try to find the precedent. So they're saying this, as far as paternity, we see this is the precedent we find in the Gemara. Is it brought in Alacha before this? Probably not. That's a good point. We're going to see in a second. But I, but I just want to, as applied to DNA, so there's some Paskin, so say this is irrelevant because DNA is not a blood test. So it's, when it came to the DNA question, which was much later, and the, that was only after the World Trade Center. Oh, okay. No, but again, so that could put paternity. Maybe it could. Because DNA is not in the blood. It is in the blood, but it's not in the... It freed so many people from jail. Yeah, so said it. Okay, okay. So it doesn't mean, so it doesn't mean it's halakh libel. That's, that's the question. That's the question we're going to deal with. So anyway, so before we start, I was wondering, because we get it. Uh, let, let's learn the next one, actually. And we'll get it for, I'll get my other introduction. Okay, so this is another. So this is another Gemara of again the scientific test or the outside test. Again, we're saying the Torah says You have to have two witnesses from all areas. Issues for mamanis, as we said, for monetary matters, for surely to release a guna. So look at this Gemara. It's a Gemara that discusses the case of again it's seemingly proving paternity, right? Uh, 
Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, true, true. So he says like this. The Gemara says, This story like this. This guy hears his wife speaking to his daughter. So he has 11 kids, this guy. He has 9 sons, uh, 10 sons, and one uh, doesn't he always talks about one daughter. So she's talking to the daughter, and she says, It's in the where it's marked off there. It says, Amai loit sinias bisura. Listen, one, you're fooling around. The daughter was fooling around. She says, you can fool, you know, fool around, but you have to be more careful, you know, be more discreet in your, who you're, you know, who you're fooling around. He says, Hi, um, um, she tells her daughter, Ha, uh, it says, I have ten sons from um, Isla. She had ten sons, and she tells her daughter, and only one of the ten is from your father. <laughs> Not a good parent. <laughs> she says, well, only one of the ten is from your father. So be gay, you know, you have to know how to be discreet. <laughs> you know, you gotta know how to be discreet. So, uh, so, uh, so, 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 so what happened was then when the husband, the husband overheard this. So it doesn't say, well, you know, the therapy they went through in between. It doesn't talk about that. But it says when he was dying, I don't know how soon afterwards. He might have had a heart attack on his back. So he says, Amalu, so he said in his will, he said, Kol So I'm leaving all my nechasa, my holy rusha, all my assets to one son. To, now, the question is which son? We don't know which of the ten. Obviously, he meant. So, so they didn't know which of the ten was the correct son. So Asli Kamei Banya. So he came and they didn't know what to do. He left his, all his assets to one son. Which son? So Asli Kamei Banya, they went they went to this Rabbi Banya. So he said to them, Zilu it says all, all the sons should go and start hitting their father's caver, hit the caver, add the Kayim Galila until he comes and gives you some type of message uh, which one is the, is the right one. <laughs> right? So that was his advice. So it says what happened. Um, so they all went. Shafka, um, oh, sorry, until uh, which one he reveals which one is the right one, the father, the dead father. Azukulus, as they all went, who the bray, Havi Loyazid, was one of them who didn't go, he refused to go. They hit his father's cave. Amar Ban, so Banya said, he gets all of it. This one who didn't go hit the father's cave gets all the assets. Gets all the assets. Okay. So, Ah, so by the way, some attribute the story to, uh, no, sorry, that's a different, I'm mixing it up, this next story. But, uh, so now Rashbam explains it, this is not Rashi and Baba Basar, Rashbam, Rashbam on the side where it's marked there, put a little line, says like this, this is cool to come to die. Why does this one get it? He says, He didn't want to hit his father's caber. That must be the snua. So really, so by the way, there's another Gemara. Maybe he just and got the art of sneaking like his mother. <laughs> so there's another Gemara that's, uh, that says that one of the midas of a mamzer is the chutzpah. Mamzer is a, a trait of chutzpah. Um, it doesn't mean it proves it's a mamzer. But it, so he's saying, it sounds like I'm saying, this guy was a snua. He he uh, didn't go hit the father's caber, so it's a right. He's the only one that's not enough. To go hit your father's caber, you have to have chutz. Not necessarily because yeah, he knew. Yeah, the point of this is that he was yeah, busting a child yeah, right. based on. Oh, uh, well, that's, the, we, that's right. the point. Yeah. Right. I'm not a real yeah. test. It's mominous. 
he's taking money away from the other nine Yashim without Avis. Just this weird thing. So the, the Rezdam goes on to say it wasn't a real test. He says, There's a concept in Alacha. If you don't know the answer, if the, the, there's a certain discretion that a Bezdin has when there's no Halacha precedent. You don't know what to do, you stuck. So the Bezdin has, it's called the Gemara, calls a Shudder Dain. The, the, the Dayanim have a certain leeway that sometimes they can pass it based on their own theory and their own uh, hunch, even if it's, there's no, it's not based on real Allah. That's called Shudder Dain. Human, human nature, in a way? Yeah, well, whatever, it doesn't mean human nature. Whatever hunch they might have, uh-huh. there's a certain leeway that they have in, case, in cases like this. And he says, that's where Ashbam understands the Gemara. So it wasn't a real test, according to Ashbam. So it's not really right. There's a different story in Kubis, similar story. Uh, with, not a similar story, but a story where also they use Shudder uh, Dain. So we have this concept. So according to Ashbam, it's really nothing. The issue is like this. If you look at, and we, um, if you look at the handout here, so there's, a, there's a Rashash, who's a parish at the back of Gemara, brings uh, asks a uh, question here. So if one, let's start. There's another, uh, and you'll see, this is all the place where Yashav has a tshuva, where he brings this all thing. That's why I'm doing it. I don't have much time, so I'm going to try to get through it quickly. But the Sefer Chassidim brings a different story. Um, a similar story, and some attribute actually to Shlomo Melech. Sefer Chassidim was a Sefer written by Yudah um, Chassid, I think. That's Yudah Chassid, and it's brought many times quoted in Allah. It was barely written as a, as a, as a spiritual will and testament to his kids, but a lot of things that brought in Allah today we do, like not marrying, uh, you're not supposed to marry a woman who's the same name as your mother, right? Um, things like that, which are like heebie-jeebie things that he writes about that brought in Allah many times. Um, okay, so it's a question if you really have to keep it or not. It's, it's, it wasn't written as Allah, but he brings a story. He says a story, a fascinating story. The guy went overseas, um, a rich guy, with his servant. He took his servant overseas on a business trip. Um, and he took with him a large, uh, large sum of money for his business trip. His wife was pregnant at the time. He died uh, overseas. He died. He ended up dying. Uh, the other, the master. He left all his assets, major assets. This Eved went and took all the assets. The his servant said, I'm his son. I was his son all along. You didn't know that? I was his son. She got up then when this, when this woman, the Almana, gave birth and the son grew up. When he became an adult, he heard about his father left over a lot of assets. So he went to claim them. So he went overseas um, to, to trace down this, this guy who stole all his money. He went to, to get uh, to, to, to go and try to take him to court. And this Evid became a, did a nice shidduch already. He had a lot of money. Of course, he did a good shidduch. So, Gedal um, by the way, is interesting. It's a word I recently learned. It's an Allah. Today we say Gedal means the leaders of the generation. It's actually um, wealthy Baalabatim, the Halach, is referred to as Gedal Adar. I just learned it last week, by the way, first time. In the Halachas of Kriya Satyra, it says, You're allowed to give an Aliyah to Gedal Adar before Tamachachim. So, 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 so it means a wealthy Baobas, it's okay to give a even before the rabbi. You can get a leader. This, and the shul needs money, so you gotta do what you gotta do. But Yariah Ben, so it says this child was actually scared to open his mouth because this guy was a 
It's a big guy in the community. Penyar Gul, this guy might kill him. He's been trying to take to sue him for his assets. So the Nixasim base of Sadi. He ended up staying in the house of Sadi Gulen. This is the story to say for Yudah Chazan's writing. He said, I'm not eating. Actually, I need to tell you my story. This child is telling me. So Sadi told him the story. He said, gave him an Eitzah. Give him a mouth. Go speak to the king. And what the king was at that time. Chayn Hasi did this. Shalach HaMelech HaChem of Sadia. See, the king sent it. Said, listen, if Sadia gets to Sadia, knew where Sadia gone was. Says, you, you could pass it on this case. Um, you, I'll leave it to you. Um, the tzivah of Sadia, so what did Sadia do? He advised Lahak is dam to take uh, to take blood from each of the from the Evet, the, the one who stole the money, and from the son, the actual son. They split both bloods in a, in a uh, what's it called, a paper. <laughs> You know, in the lab, okay. two. The dam okay. had the pipettes and And then you should take a bone from the dead father, dig up his grave, and it's a different child. They discuss how they allowed to do that. Allah, uh, some want to bring a proof to this, by the way, um, as I dealt with a case here in Houston in way back, uh, years back. In the case, the Sadian case, where we had a, the, the county wanted to do an autopsy. So there are places who say, and they bring a story, arrive from the story that, well, they will give a different class on it. That, for even for monetary matters, let's say it's a life insurance issue, to prove uh, you're allowed to be monopolized. So you could dig up, uh, you could do an autopsy for even for, to, let's say you need for insurance matters. So someone say that from this story, but that's a different. What? Yeah, when it was the whole story. Right? Uh, yeah, the, 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 I went to court. To, um, I, I, to, they wanted to do an autopsy. They didn't want to even let them do an autopsy. They won the case. A fascinating story. Half a day. We'll talk about autopsy. Um, so he says. Uh, he says that they took out the bone. He's taken a bone from the father, and then he says the test is. I don't know why he's and you put the bone. They put first the bone in the bowl with the Evet's blood. And nothing happened. The dam didn't get um, nothing happened to the dam. But then they took the same bone, a different bone, they put it in the the blood of the father. And it says Adam, the blood got absorbed into the bone. Because it's one uh, so one uh, it's one they come from the same uh, source. So the blood and the bone uh, join whatever that means. Okay, so this is the this is the test that Tursadi go and advise. Some by the way attribute Shlomo Melech is different versions of the story. So the the Rashash's question here, Rashash was a commentary, the Gemara, in a run of time, so I gotta go through this quickly because we're not even up to the DNA part. So the Shash, um, yeah, it's on the paper. Shash is number four, uh, number five on the paper. So he says like this, he has a question. It's actually not his question. The Yarab and Shulchan Aruch in Hilchus Mamzeris brings this Gemara. It says, you see from here, you can prove, you could do blood, you could prove scientific tests, quote unquote, if you call it scientific test, works to prove paternity. Because here we're proving, um, so, but the Ali Rabbi's question is, why don't we do much better? This, why did the Gemara bring this test? Why did Ravana, if this test really works, it's a scientific test of Rosadi going, why didn't the Gemara Ravana tell him to do this test? It's a much better test. Here they go and hit him in the grave, and he's a chutzpah. So the bone comes from the father, the blood comes from right, the mother. Right, so they should have took a bone from the father, and took a blood from each of the tech kids. Right, right. Why 
don't they do this test? That's what El Yorab asks this question. So Roshash brings this question. He says like this. He says a fascinating thing. Mistavra um, first answer is irrelevant. Let's get down. Says Vulai the Bali Yashem is like Kushal El Yorab. Second line in number five. This would this would answer the question of El Yorab. Because in the Kaf Kuf Samach says Ches Ois Tazvav Do Ufim Ashkas Besef Ches the Teva Dam Haben Lis Palei Abet Zmaav Ames Havel Yosel of the Gvira. They should have done this test. That's El Yorab's question. I'm ashamed that they didn't say in there. What does it stand for? The Samaches is Galashem Amzir. The Sadi Goen, the Sadi, the Sefer Chasidim. Sorry, is Galashem Amzir. Rabbanu Leirot Shadeh Tzu. He says an unbelievable thing. There's Shash is saying here that we don't want to do a test. The reason why Rabbanu did his test, and he didn't do this test. Of course, it's a great test. Sadi's test, scientific. Why did he do it? Because the Sadi's test is dispositive to prove that it will prove this kid is the son. And all the other kids will be mamzer now. The other nine are going to be proven to be mamzer. It'll be halachic proof, proof, and we want to avoid proving someone's mamzer. That's what Rishash is uh, saying. Therefore, he used this fluky test with hitting the grave because he because this test doesn't prove the other mamzer. It just proves that this one's a kid. But it's not a valid test to prove the other mamzer. So 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 Yashiv, we have the next quote here. So has a question of DNA. He was asked this question. The father said, and my wife told me she had an affair. This is a question done uh, post Obayashi. This was um, before the World Trade Center, as you can see. Before the World Trade Center, this was in the 80s, I think. And uh, the question came to Obayashi. He says, Should I take a DNA test to find out if this kid is really. She claims it was, uh, it's not for me. The, the, mother, the, mother, the, the mother is claiming she had no fear this kid's not yours. And he doesn't want to pay child support if it's not his kid. So he came to Obayashi and he asked him, can I, Should I take a DNA test? So I'm not, I'm not, we have no time to read the whole thing inside because I want to get to the I'll finish by 10. Why so, not? Why not? Because again, ah, so why? Same people have to go to the family. So he doesn't want to, to diagnose ah. that he's a mom, sir. Ah, so Rabbi Yashif says, he brings the Yorah, but he brings the Rashash, and he says, listen, we could pass him, we see from this Rashash, he says, he brings the Lalacha. He says that we, if you're able to avoid proving Mamzer, don't prove it. Yeah. He says, you see that, he says, he says, from this Rashash, Rabbi Yashif passed him, don't take the DNA test. Because if you take the DNA test, it's going to prove Mamzer. Now the implication is, again, now it's, that's what he told, he told, he advised the father, you can, do not take the DNA test. And continue paying child support, stop paying child support. Yeah, he should have him hit the grave. Don't take that. Imagine that person goes and marries someone else and then they have like, you know. No, but that we don't care. That's what I'm saying. It's a traffic matter. Don't ask, don't tell. When it comes to Mamzer, if we start checking into it, we don't want to prove Mamzer because it causes so many problems. No, I'm saying because it causes. By the way, I heard this from Roshiva and. When, when people from there as well used to go out to Rabbanis to, to become rabbis, so Ruderman used to tell them, you know, don't learn Hilchah uh, Shabbos, you just learn Hilchah Mamzeris. It's all relevant today. So many Mamzeris today, we're discussing being in the class. Because when we got married, my family checked the other family three generations back. Because your family is, uh, you know, they want to make sure. Listen, you could, it's Yichas, but you don't have Mechoyev to do that. You're not Mechoyev. You're not Mechoyev, you shouldn't, meaning you don't want to get involved, you don't want to prove Mamzer. Listen, you want to know they're nice people, whatever. No, you could, but I'm saying it's because proving Mamzer is. You don't want to get into a situation where you're stuck and you're proving a mom. So if the woman will say, this is your son, and he said, no, I don't think it is. 
all the way around and it's to prove that it's not a mamser, then maybe he yes. will have said oh, it's First of all, that's what they want to bring. So they want to bring from the If Zayashash doesn't address if the DNA tastes good or not, but the fact that uh-huh. he's telling him don't take it, the mashmais of this Zayashash held it would be a valid test uh-huh. and it would work. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. He, although he doesn't say that clearly, he's just telling the guy, the answer was don't take the test. No, but he's saying don't take the test because, because, right, but he's saying, but he's saying don't take the test. The fact he's saying don't take the test is a proof. Now, so I just want to, I don't want to, we only have a few minutes left. I go a little over, but um, if, if anyone has to leave, feel free to leave. But but this, this, I went to a conference, so this, so all this, no one wanted to address this issue of DNA before the World Trade Center because again, because they were scared if they pass in DNA testing is a valid scientific test, you you're going to have thousands of right there. Perhaps, anyone yeah. that saw, as you see, you go on the sixth end today, you know the billboard said, "Who's my daddy?" For 15 bucks, you, you can go to go Walmart, buy a home test, and find out who your daddy is. And there's a lot of uh, mailmen and bus drivers who are daddies, and you don't want to find that out. Right, speaking. So you know, it's the worst thing for a community. You're gonna start finding out, uh, you know, how many. So, no, the so fact that they actually are isn't the worst thing. It's that it's that they can be proven. Not that they actually. It is the worst thing. But again, it's the don't. It's the don't tell. Don't what's it called? Don't ask. Don't tell. Pals. That's the. Why? Well, it wasn't invented. Don't ask. Don't tell. Is a lucky pals in many cases. Feeling around has to have. You know. No, it's okay, but we need aid. That's what Not if you do it wisely. Okay, right? Not if you do it wisely. So now, so that's why the price came kept away from his test because again, in Israel, you don't, the, the Rabbanim in Israel realize that the Rabbanut says every time someone, you know, uh, objects to paternity payments, they're going to take a DNA test, you're going to discover a lot of mamzerim. And we, halakhically, it's halakha, We don't, we, we assume there's a chazaka. Listen, you never know who that is. But the halakha is, right, bilas harabah. I mean, even if the Gemara says this, Explicitly, that even if a woman is fooling around, and we know her whole marriage is fooling around on the side, she has someone else on the side, halachically, um, we still assume all the children are from her because we have a chazaka, Roy Bilas. No, from him. Sorry, right, Bilas That means still most of her relations are going to be with her husband, um, and therefore the assumption the chazaka tells us that the kids are, are his kids. That's the halacha. So it's the halacha basically, and there's a lot of chukas about it. Say we don't want to know because it caused too many problems. Okay, um, listen, if you end up finding out, you know that's then that's a problem. Of course, we have to you can and the kids are moms. But right, but we try to not classify someone as mamzer. Is there any uh, leeway with uh, the, the person being a kohen? What do you mean? Like in terms of his no, so the same thing. By the way, we could. Uh, we could Yes, again, there was just, uh, he dis- I heard he discussed by Shabbaton, I wasn't here that week to rabbi discuss, but I, I want to I get through this, we'll, we'll have questions. Anyway, so I went, uh, so what happened was, 2001, as we know, the towers were hit. At that point, there was at least five or six cases of, they had no bodies, and they had, and uh, the, there was nothing found, and they had to be mapped. It was based on bone fragments. I went to a conference, I was saying before, the, in, I think it was 2002 or 2003, where they had the bed in, uh, the RCA made a bezdin just to deal with these shells and they were in touch with the revived people all the big customers had so at the time of Yashiv Yashiv by the way refused to rule on it he didn't want to deal with it 
um, the Vadi or many other big pesk, it's all dealt with it. They, they set up Batidim in Eretz Yisrael, there's, there's different Batidim set up to help these Agunas. We had a case here in Houston I mentioned where there's a guy who, from the 98th floor, his last phone call before the plane hit, five minutes to six minutes before the plane hit, was to trade. He was a trader, he was, called, he was with Enron here in Houston, and we had to get hold of the tapes to give it to the Bez in New York. It turned out the tapes, they fake the timestamps, whatever, not for now. It's a great story, I just heard the end of the story recently, someone told me about it. The guy down in Shul, Muncie. But the, the bottom line is, that uh, the, so at that point, Batidim had to address this question head on because they found the only way you can they only identify there was no remains, it was only bone fragments. That was all that's left. Literally, there was nothing left in the world trade. Um, there was no bodies found, um, except people who jumped out the window. By the way, does anyone here have any relatives that were involved? Because I once gave the share uh, in my, to doctors in the medical center, and in the middle of the share it was terrible. It's uh, my worst experience. Uh, all of a sudden, this woman, like uh, a psychiatrist, said. Uh, she was like in her 60s, she just like burst, I was giving the share and she burst out crying. Um, and it was like a, you know, very, and it turns out that her husband, her first husband, like 40 years before this, uh, crashed private jet into the private plane into San Francisco Bay. And she had identified, I was reading a true information about identifying a ring finger with a ring on it, is that valid to not again. And she had this case with her husband, she burst out crying. It's crazy, and so since then, every time I give a share, I have That's to give up. Yeah, be very careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we realized you asked this question at the end. No, because I wasn't talking about events, but I read it. But anyway, I had to send the flowers. It's a crazy story. I, I sent the flowers for the next month. Right, it makes you think of, like, uh, you know, terror, terror attacks in Israel. Like, yeah, yeah, so, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, exactly, I'm sure Israel, no, so, in Israel Yeah, but I'm saying, so that's, again, so, that so it came to head in the World Trade Center. Um, but, so, the, so now it became a question, should they pass it or not? Long story short, I went to this conference, they explained how it won't work, we don't have enough time to go through all the aspects. But more or less, at that time, they came up with this, again, the, their, their concern was, if they validate DNA testing, they're going to increase from there. So what do you do? Here you need it to be matched as women. The only way you can match as women is through the DNA test. So the bottom line is they came up with this nice loophole, as rabbis tend to, it's one of the brilliance of some rabbis, and you, can, you know how to, to work it. So they can, the, the bottom line is almost all the psukim that came out, as we'll see, Radia was matched DNA because she, but um, even Obayasha later on was matched DNA um, testing, but he says it doesn't prove Mamzeris. It only, it could use it for Aguna, but not to prove paternity. Why? So there's two reasons. One is they say today there's IVF and stuff. So just because, just because you're proving that this, she's not, uh, he's not the father, maybe she did IVF. You don't know what she was doing, or how she got, had the child. One second. So therefore, the kid's not a mamzer, according to most Pesky. So according to, to Moshe Feinstein, as, unless she had an affair and had relations with the, meaning as far as mamzer, meaning it'll prove that it's not the father, but it doesn't prove that the child's a mamzer because because it could be she had IVF. No, I mean Sperm donor. Uh, uh, sperm donor. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying either through IVF or through yeah. either way. That's, that's how, yeah, right, exactly. So since it's not as much fun, there's, according to most, by the way, Samarab, there are Paiskim who do
there's no actual intimate act between uh, the adulteress and the adulterer, so it's not a mamzer. So therefore, what they're saying is, yes, the DNA will work to prove paternity or to prove, but it doesn't prove mamzer. So therefore, they used it in the World Trade Center, and I'm just going to either Rabbi Yasha, by the way, he says he asked Rabbi Yasha in 1980, 1991 about uh, DNA. This is uh, uh, Abraham, Abraham, he wrote, so he says, um, he writes here, in 1995. Samach is 95, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 95. Shalti is a guy. It comes to being permitting a guna. Does it work? Finally, in the answer, Listen, we rely on fingerprints, and on dental records. So this is no different. This is better than that. It's one in 10 billion chances. Is it considered similar? Because the way it works in the laws of Iguna is a long discussion of how we, which parts of the body um, someone's you find, let's say you don't find in many cases, someone drowns, you don't find the whole body parts. Like the guy who just killed his girlfriend, what's his name? Brian Lottery. Yeah, Brian Lottery. They, it says, I don't know if you read the articles, you know, and then right, others, that he was in this swampland where his body was totally destroyed. I mean, it was like nothing left. He found literally fragments, but they identified for, for her, it by DNA. For her too, because was, she was in the middle of like. Yeah, but I don't think it's her. Was as bad, but in uh, yeah. any case, yeah. so 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 in many of these cases, you only find so the Shochanah addressed this years ago, uh, six hundred years ago already. What, how it says you need to have right with the face. Once you have a mold, there's, there's three levels of siman. It's called a siman muvuk. It means something that there's no question. This is the only. This is one in uh, you know almost no other person in the world is going to have this identity mark. Um, then there's other because you know, when the Adam comes testify even have to say what they saw on the body. So so uh, to prove they're coming from overseas for pictures before some so so there's something called Simon Mubik, Simon Bainani. Let's say it has to do with also when returning it comes from the laws of Ashavasavid. Well, how does someone prove that this is there well? So DNA technically should be what's called a Simon Mubik because it's one in ten billion chances. And that's what most of the parts came after World Trade Center rule, um, uh, including like we're saying of the Ashav um, uh, there are parts who said no it's only Simon Bain and some customer Vazna, by the way, said to stand off, he says, Vazna was of the opinion, his best rule, the World Trade Center, that you have to use it with, it's only if you have um, DNA from the actual victim. In other words, if you're using DNA from the family, he says that's a lower sim and that's a lower DNA, and that wouldn't be proof to matter Guna. It has to be your DNA from him, and that's the way, by the way, the, the car, the New York coroner's office, when they went to this conference after the World Trade Center, they said, that's the way they required every family of a, of a victim to bring in a hairbrush and a toothbrush. We mentioned this before, and they they packaged it. They wrote the name, and then when every time they got a bug fragment, they, they categorized everything. That thousands, it was three thousand people missing initially. They only, only till today, only two thousand people they discovered remained. There's still a thousand people. They still, and that's what this article is. In 2007, they're still discovering. They're still sifting through rubble of the, you know, of the wow. of the trade well, center, and, and they're still finding. Yeah, wow. right. They're still finding, and the, and the technology is getting better. So they have little little fragments that they couldn't use really, but dust, and now they're able to test it. So as the technology gets better, so so that's the way it works. So according to Ravaza, that would, if you have the actual, comparing it to the actual DNA of the victim, that works. But if it's just familial DNA, that means a kid or a wife. Uh, no, not a way. Uh, whatever, mother, parents, that wouldn't work. Um, according to him, that's not strong enough. Even though uh, um, other parts can say it makes no sense. Like one is one in ten billion, one is one in a hundred million. Like you know, they, they stole both pretty pretty strong evidence. 
right. It's not a sin, right. right. So anyway, bottom line is today, it's accepted, the science, everyone says, and even Shlomo uh, Zalman also said that since the science is so prevalent today, and there's, there's a lot of arguments against this. There were pesky at the time. Again, originally we were arguing against it, but since, most places say since the science is prevalent today, and it's proven um, that it works, even though in 10 years it might change your mind, as science tends to do, or maybe it wasn't, but they say it's a valid proof. Again, we don't go and do Purari. When you see the billboard, don't go and buy a home test. You still shouldn't do that, as uh, Yashua was saying. Don't try to prove someone moms or not. Again, technically, if you want to get out of, uh, you know, payments, maybe you could. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm saying, Allah, he's saying, don't, uh, don't try to do that. That's, um, again, it is accepted today. But one day, we're going to accept this contradiction between science and Allah, how that works. Generally speaking, I heard this from a big place in the He told me, Allah is usually 10 years behind the science. It means whenever it comes to Allah, a decision relevant to science, um, even medical facts, so it, it, to change Allah, um, come out with this new, the new technology comes out, the price is not going to say right away, you know, okay, you know, okay, now we're going to change Allah because now there's a new scientific thing. They give it time to develop. Like the vaccine, understand that and, uh, better. Give it time to develop, and um, and, and make sure it's that it's proven and it's peer peer review, whatever. I don't know if that's what they're waiting for, but it's, it takes Allah Allah has changed. For example, let's give you one example that I dealt with with this place. He told me about that he went. He's a pe- pe- uh, he's actually a pediatric neurologist. This guy is a he's a kind of pediatric, but he he dealt with the case of you know everyone knows brisson. So we don't do a bris if there's a bilirubin count above like. Right. You know, uh, 9, four, yeah, 14. Which today, medically speaking, the, the doctors say, like, if it's, as long as it's not over 25, it's like nothing, you don't have to worry about it. But Allah, we don't do bris in above 14. So this doctor told me, went to Royash, to Shlomo Zalman originally, and he showed him, and all the doctors say that, that um, that's not a problem. And uh, uh, Shlomo Zalman agrees. He said, listen, if you bring me the three biggest pe- pe- um, pediatric um, experts in the country in Israel and sh- and they write a letter saying that it's true he says he'll give out a psaq but it never happened Shalom meanwhile died before that and then he started with Rabbi Asher Rabbi Asher said listen also it, you know it's not easy to change and when you have a psaq halacha it will take usually the psaq will take 10 years 10 years behind the science that's a general thing to understand so we'll talk about when you have a contradiction between science we'll talk about a future session you know what do you do with the Gemara openly contradict science and how, how do, we, do we view it as and you